0: Hello, Gasheads, and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. I'm your host Nino and I am joined by Mr Max Alderson. Good evening. Good evening. And I'm also joined by Duke. Evening. Evening. Duke. Who yeah. is now a married man. Am I? Many congrats. Yeah. Not anymore.
1: <laughs> Not anymore. Is that <laughs> done, anymore. is it? We're done. Yeah. Yeah. How long did that short, last few weeks? And sweet. A day day yeah yeah nice. no we're, we're, we're still together yeah me and bristol rovers we're we're still going strong
0: good yeah there's, How- there's
1: a great flag by the way of um it's me it's me or bristol rovers and then at the bottom it says i miss her sometimes <laughs> 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 absolutely class when i went buried away there's so many amazing flags and, and t-shirts big up to the the guy with the the nice tits t-shirt as well and it just had a load of birds on his t-shirt nice Classic. yeah Play and, and great in great stone island as as well from gas heads. you know like get the badge in mm. there was this one lad he had um get stone island in. t-shirt stone island in shorts stone island jumper wrapped around and like the badge was kind of like a oh. tie it was quadruple. absolutely fantastic yeah the quadruple. so yeah big love to you mate
0: nice yeah, so how's married life going? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Hopefully Anna's not listening to this. Does she ever listen to the pod? No, of course she doesn't. No, no. who would? Hates it. Um, so, obviously, Oxford was a good win, but we're, it feels like ages ago. does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So, it's a bit of a shame, really, because obviously we won one Uh, Marquis scored, and the snake had another stinker at the mem, so, I mean, that was all nice, but it just feels like too long ago, so... It's going to be a nice cheery one, because we're going to talk about the 3-0 loss at Barnsley, and then the 3-1 defeat at Pompey, and then also preview Shrewsbury at home, which is this weekend, and then we're also going to talk about the two signings that we've made since we last did a pod, uh, so Lewis Gibson, and then Rovers made a signing today with Maka returning to the Mem, yeah. which we're all very excited about. Buzzing. Buzzing. So we'll come on to that in a bit. Uh, yeah, it's quite rare that Rovers make a sign in yeah. on the day of a pod. Usually it's like the day after or yeah, a couple yeah. of days after and we're like
1: Fuck Usually it's an
2: hour after we've launched yeah. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then I we did, don't record. I, I did them.
1: message the media manager to say, Oh, we're recording tonight, does Macca wanna come and join us for a pizza and a sporty? Mm. She's got absolutely blank. So, Just so yeah, you, I don't didn't think it? I'm gonna keep looking at the door in case Macca does come in. Yeah. I mean if he's at a McDonald's already today, he probably doesn't want a sporty yeah. pizza yeah. as well, True. does he?
2: Probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, let's uh let's get going then. Um so obviously Rovers had decent first three games, lost the first game against Forest Green, but then smashed Burton 4-0 and then won against Oxford. And then I remember on the last pod, Kaz said, you know, the the win against Burton was nice, but the big boys are coming now. And this week we have played two of the big boys, and they have pulled our pants down mm. um two heavy ish defeats against two of the division's fancy teams. I would say um so Duke, just sort of general feelings on
1: how you feel about our season after the last week like has it brought us back down to earth a little bit. Do you think it it has a little bit i I think i've seen enough good in the team that fills me with optimism um the levels we're at, as as the, the Pompey and Barnsley performances prove, we're not up there with the big boys. But anyone thinking we would be at this stage of the season probably wasn't Cuckoo Lamb, to, to be honest. I think, it, yeah, it, it's a good barometer of, of where we need to to get to. And I was hoping we would put in those big performances towards the end of the season, because we're still very much a work in progress. I mean, you can... Tell that with the amount of signings, Barton still wants to make. I know a couple have come through the door, um, but yeah, obviously you, you look at the performances like Oxford to, to a lesser extent, extent Burton because ten men against a, a lowly side, but but there was there was enough positives in there, and and even Pompey, I know Pompey by far the better side, and they they deserve the, the three points, but our character in in the second half and. I think the, the goal kind of epitomised our, our energy and, and hunger. I know that should be the, the bare minimum from, from a team. It's, it's not, not always a given in, in football. And Aaron Collins, he, he's still done amazing work to get into that position and he, he let the ball go across him. So his form is, is going to be instrumental. And I think we can all see the, the additions we need. So if we, if we can get that in, then our lineups looking at, a lot better uh, and then potentially we we could uh, compete with the big boys. What about
0: you, Max? Any, uh, I guess, like panic or concern after watching how we did against two of the the big boys in the division? Or are you quite calm about things and sort of where we're heading this season?
2: Very calm, very calm. Yeah, no knee-jerk reaction uh, from me on this. I think it was not expected that we'd get trained by two teams, but I don't think it's a massive surprise um, given that we are still a few players short. Um, we have had a, a few unfortunate injuries, and we're not quite up and running. Given that the core of our squad um, isn't isn't fully there, you know, Coots isn't fully fit either, and Finley's had a knock as well. So, two of our core central midfielders maybe not up to full match fitness. Gibson as well at the back, um, only played seventy minutes, so still lots of new faces. Um, trust the process is, is, is my general feeling at the minute. Um, I think I've seen enough, like you said, Duke, to know that we've got enough attacking talent and defensive prowess when we need it. And the Oxford game showed that, uh, as did the Burton game. Um, I think there's two two different sides of, of what we can do, defensive solidarity and attacking ruthlessness, to know that, that we, will, we will have enough about us. Um, I think we just need to settle into these first 10 games, um, see how we do now with two home games, and keep building, keep building forwards, keep moving forwards. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit of a reality check. And that if we want to be up with the levels of a Barnsley and a Pompey, we are going to need to step it up, um, a few more gears. But, um, I'm confident that we'll be all right and we can keep building a lot of this squad are on long contracts as well. So it's not a one season solution. We're building towards something good, I hope. And, um, yeah, I'm there's no
1: cause for concern for me so far. I think it's a case of settling into a formation as well. We, we saw this at Barston. In- Last season, he couldn't quite figure out what formation he wanted to to play with and and it was a real work in progress throughout the season. Hopefully, we don't leave it as late as last season, but if we get the same result, then then happy days. So I think once we get that, that identity with, with the formation and we know what kind of personnel we ideally want in there, then that's going to breed a lot of confidence within the team and kind of some... Uh, like experienced campaigners in this league they probably continued from last season like Pompey with with Cowley is the second second season with those guys in, in charge so they're already hitting the ground running. We've obviously lost some, some big players and, and we're trying to tweak how we play. I, d- I don't know how Barton's trying to play. He's got this, this master plan that's oh, going we'll to come on of to that shot. Shock, <laughs> shock the, the whole footballing world. But yeah, I think it is, it is going to take time to settle. So I, I, I agree with Max. It's, it's not panic stations at all. It's a case of beating the, the likes of Shrewsbury who, who we got this, this weekend. But yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit of time
0: yeah so let's um go through those two games in order then so we'll start with barnsley um so just a few stats from that game so possession we shaded it 53 to 47 shots barnsley had 16 to our eight shots on target barnsley had five to our none expected goals i know not everyone loves expected goals but they had 0.9 and we had 0.49 and then keeper saves their keeper made none obviously because we didn't have a shot on target and belly made two um so I'll come to you, Mac. So yep. obviously we don't know because we're not in the dressing room, but I can imagine going away to someone like Barnsley, who obviously were a championship club last season and big ground, big crowd, et cetera. I can imagine his pre-match message would have been something along the lines of don't concede early. You know, frustrate the crowd. Quiet in the crowd drown, Quiet in the crowd down. Let's grow into the game. And obviously, within three minutes, we're one nil down. Within 13 minutes, we're two nil down. And it just started badly, and just that's how it yeah. went, wasn't it? Snowball effect is is
2: a real thing, isn't it? You know, um, uh, is massive in in football as well. Um, you score, you concede early they unsettle you, your your organization goes out the window, your plan goes out the window, and then um if they make it two nil, which they did, they jumped on our they capitalized on our panic, if you will, and um scored a second and then it's almost like well we're scrambling to get anything out of this now and it's only not even fifteen minutes gone. Um it felt very much like Exeter away, um I felt. Um thankfully I think we we managed to to, to um hemorrhage the, the damage quite early and make it to half time at two nil rebuild but then they just hit us again so out of nothing uh with another screamer and then it really was game over at three but um yeah i, I did feel I mean, you talked about the xg was at 0.9 for them yeah three goals you have to say those three goals were, were a bit fortunate um the first one from a very n- narrow angle i don't think belly knew it was coming straight at him mm. i think he was expecting a cross and it kind of caught him off guard the second was a big deflection and then the third was just an unbelievable hit which can happen in this, in this league with, with the quality of some of the players. So not massively concerned, but then you do have to say Barnsley thoroughly deserved the win. And had they not scored those chances, which, which were all, um, quite lucky finishes, I thought they also missed some sitters. Um, they carved us open at times and, and how they didn't score more, I was kind of uh, in, in a bit of disbelief the areas they were getting into, but, Yeah, it's a frustrating game. I felt it was, I don't know the analogy men against boys has used a lot, but it did feel that way. It felt like they were a championship club and we were a League 2 club and it was like a League Cup game. Um, That's how it seemed. And the ball stuck to them like glue. They were slick. They were clean. They were um, really fast in their attacks. They carved us open, created space. And for us, the ball was like a hot potato. It was like pinball. We were panicking. We couldn't Mm. get it under and we just couldn't get anything going. And when when you're 2-0 down on 13 minutes, it quickly becomes a write-off. And I was looking for ways to to get my I uh, my follow money back within a quarter of an hour. But, um, you know, it, it happens in this league. There's, there's going to be some good sides. And I doubt it'll be the last time we get comprehensively beaten as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the only guy I said praying for that to get cooled off because it was absolutely
0: hammering it down all game. I didn't see a single puddle on that pitch. So they've obviously got good drainage up in Barnsley, which is a shame. But yeah, so Duke, Max mentioned there vibes of like Exeter away from last Mm. season which I've actually got that game in my schedule here I've put vibes of Exeter and Oldham because I felt it was similar to Oldham last season where like you concede early the crowd gets up and then I just felt like every time they went forward it felt like we were going to concede like every attack seemed like a dangerous attack and we just seemed miles off it. Like you get games sometimes where you'll have half the players will be off it, but the other half are on it enough to sort of drag them along. Yeah. Whereas this game was like, no one had a good game. Mm. Everyone was just really poor. Do you think it's just one of those days that you get and you've just got to write it off and move on to the next one sort of thing?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely was one of those days. It, it was a archetypal bad day at the office. And and, and like I was saying earlier, I think we're going to see more of those at the start of the season compared to the the ends like i need to call them barcelona they, they <laughs> look like barcelona us, they they look like against us but they look like a well-oiled machine and we look like a, a creaky combine harvester really um we hadn't had a good oil in in about 10 years no we, don't no we, need, we needed quite a bit um yeah and, and like max says when you get off to a to a bad start and 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 you're not quite feeling it as as a side, it is difficult to get to get going. And and they just absolutely steamroll at us. So I think even in the players' minds, as as much as you want those comebacks, and, and we had those in abundance last season, you kind of know as a player that we're not at it, that they're absolutely on, on flames, everything's going in for them, like chalk it off and like even, even Barton with his substitutions. You you could you could tell he was uh, thinking the the same thing as well. So it was. So a, he made three at half time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like like Cootsie was struggling as well, wasn't he? Like he, he was um yeah he could have got sent off quite easily. So yeah, we chalked that one off. And I, I know Barrett was saying about the Oakwell hoodoo as as mm. well. He's he's always struggled there. So it's one of those. Yeah, we're not, not going to get too too worried about that. And yeah, everyone had an off game as well. It was, it was that kind of perfect storm in in a storm. Also, didn't help that Barnsley were just massive.
0: Yeah, why were they all like seven foot, if, and if, our
1: players looked about four foot? It was like that kind of Looney Tunes sort of uh, yeah uh, game that they were the big monsters, and we were just yeah. tiny and dweeby and just shocking. Yeah, it, it was real men against boys. So we, we will, well, maybe we we'll get bigger during the season. Maybe maybe our young lads will grow because cause we have got a few young lads there um but yeah. you're hoping for a big growth spurt over the next <laughs> yeah. 12 months for some of our it is over. up it, it over to finley <laughs> will be yeah. six foot five by the end of the season yeah get, get him some of that like magic water that they uh had on space jam the special
2: stuff yeah. yeah yeah
0: so i know this is going to sound mental but for a game we lost 3-0 like obviously sort of as you were saying earlier first goal i think I think it was Hall. I've watched it back. Hall basically doesn't track his man. I think it's Devante Cole. And then he gets, he beats Belly from a tight angle. Belly arguably should do better, but you know, we'll let him off because he's class. And then second goal, I feel like that was a real sickener because it was just such a huge deflection. And I remember he was about 35 yards out, and I was sat next to Kaz watching it. And the bloke pulled his foot back to hit that. And I was like, that's fine. Let him shoot from there. Like, we want them to do that. They can shoot from there. And obviously it flies in because it takes a massive deflection. And you're kind of like, oh, fuck's sake. This is how it's going to go. And the third goal, like you said earlier, is a worldie. So despite the fact they dominated us, do you think the scoreline flattered them a little bit because of their mm. goals? Or no, you're shaking your head.
2: No, I don't. I think they, I think 3-0 was completely fair. The mm. way they carved us open in both halves. Um also we created nothing, did we? We did nothing, <laughs> we did nothing. We did nothing. It was we? a two it was a two nil, three 0 win. Um, yeah. I think the chances they created, the pressure they put us under constantly, the football they played, the way they exposed us. They played um they played a five two one two or or a five three two or a five two three, however you want to look at it they had someone in the hole. Um and Thomas. Then, yeah, it was Luke yeah. Thomas. And Thomas is great, wasn't he? He was you? very he was, good. He was yeah, very good. You could see why um, Duff wanted to keep a hold of him. He had him at Cheltenham, I believe, mm. um, on loan before he came to us. So Duff knows what Thomas is about, and I can I can understand why he's kept a hold of him. He's he's blossomed, and um, a lot of Barnsley fans are are, are thrilled with him and mm. the way he's kicked on. Um, he was, he was uh, unlucky not to get a goal, Thomas, as well on the day. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think three is completely fair. I think we can have no complaints about the result or the or the way um the way it panned out. Like you say, it's one of those you just got to take on the chin and think right we're in a tough league. It's not going to be uh, all our way every week. We do have to um, wise up to these and um, I do think maybe we're a bit tactically naive as we're probably going to talk about um, but ultimately uh, I think it was always a long stretch to expect a, a result up at Oakwell and indeed at Fratton as well. Two, tough, two of the toughest games we'll have all season I think.
0: Yeah, but I mean we were um, we were saying before we started recording that like when you watch a game like that and I think Rovers obviously were massively off it, but Barnsley was so on it that they just looked unbeatable. And I, I was sat there thinking like Barnsley, you're just going to win every single game <laughs> all season. And then they're going to get beat three nil at home to Wickham last weekend. And you're kind of like, okay, maybe we made them look so good. But, um, I want to talk about Hall a little bit because mm. he played at center back in a back four in this game, which obviously he's been doing for most of the season so far. Um, I thought he struggled on the first game against Forrest Green, against Jamil Matt. And then I thought he did well against Burton, but I mean, to be honest, they barely attacked, yeah. so he didn't have a lot to do. But then I thought he did well against Oxford as well, who obviously are a decent side and they've got some dangerous attackers, but they're like, we know what Taylor and Bowden and stuff are like. They're not physical. They're like smaller defenders, mm. so he can use his pace to defend and his sort of mobility. But then in this Barnsley game, he was up against Devante Cole, who's another sort of like Jamil Matt target man, strong, big, physical, and I thought he struggled. So do you think that is kind of proving what we were saying preseason in that our concern about him playing there is that not that he's not good enough or that he can't adapt, but just that he hasn't filled out, like he's not going to cope well with yeah. someone like that.
1: I I think with the the Barnsley performance, but again because everyone was so off it. He wasn't really getting any protection from the midfield. It, it, their flair players could drop into to pockets of, of space and not get challenged. And as a defender, you don't know whether to stay or, or go. So I, I, th- I think Barnsley, you, you've got to kind of write that off for him, just because the the rest of the team mm. weren't at it. But I, th- I think for me, Hall, I, he's he's kind of proved me wrong that he can play as centre back when he was playing their pre-season. I was like, well, that's that's not an option. He's he's definitely a right back. Even with his height, I just didn't see it. And like you say, he's not really filled out. But he has put in some really impressive performances. But with his attributes, I think if he is going to play as a centre-back, I think it would have to be as a back three. I think on, on the right of a back three. And, mm. and, and we saw that against... Pompey and it looks like maybe Barton does does fancy that with, with the kind of attributes of the defenders having Connolly in, in the center and then the Gibson on on the left of, of him that could work I think as we spoke about a lot last season about the defense lots of question marks about back three I think we are quite susceptible um but for, for Luke Hall I, th- I think it'll work but yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not sure what we're going to go with um, for, for the rest of the season to, mm. to be honest I think Barney is gonna try a back, a back three a, a bit more but we'll have to put in some better performances with it because yeah I know we've had two tough teams but conceding six that's not uh it's not sustainable is it no no definitely not
0: so let's um move off that game and we'll go on to the Pompey game which obviously is the most recent one so a few stats from this one again. So possession, again, we had 52%, shaded that. Shots, 23 to Pompey, 8 for Rovers. Shots on target, 7 for Pompey, 2 for Rovers. Expected goals, 2.66 for Pompey, 0.41 for Rovers. And saves, their keeper made 1 and Belly made 3. Um, Duke,
1: you were at this game, as yeah, was I. Yeah, I've still what the bruises actually. Yeah. Um, how was your trip to Pompey? Uh, it's, it's never an enjoyable trip to Pompey. Just, just because it's a vile place with vile people there, <laughs> like, the, the, like, do you know what? I actually mean that in in quite a loving way. If that, that could be possible, possible way. because you go there as a as an away fan and you look at the fans all around the stadium, like from row A to row Z in like the family stand and all, like. They're absolutely frothing at the, the mouth with with anger. I like, love that. It was boat. it was a, it was an amazing atmosphere. Um, but it's such an intimidating place to go, Pompey. It's a proper um,
0: like old school ground and atmosphere. Yeah, isn't it? I love it.
1: Like that that walk to the um away terrace is like there's kind of like barbed wire about, and it's like a little kind of um yeah kind of very concrete sort of tight little walkway. And yeah, it always feels a bit sketchy, always kind of looking over your shoulder a bit. I mean, it helps when you've got 2,000 gases there yeah. who, can, who can back you up. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very spicy atmosphere. I saw a few people on Twitter saying it wasn't much of an atmosphere and Pompey didn't really make noise. But from from where I was, it, they're absolutely brilliant. So were we, by the way. It, it gets us up as a fan base going to places like Fratton Park. But yeah, very very difficult place to go when, when they're they're on song um so yeah it could have been more enjoyable it, it it always looked destined for us to, to lose i think f- from from the get go i c- i could tell they were just slightly more on it and it was also our record there's just horrendous as well our yeah. record
0: at Fratton park yeah, is awful. terrible because yeah. we
1: managed to get that that draw a couple of seasons ago when uh, jono hit that Penalty into well, it wasn't even Rosette. It was it was above that, wasn't it? Still orbiting the Earth as we speak. <laughs> isn't he it, did he did score a pen in that game. They did? Yeah, did, yeah, in front of um, our fans, didn't he? Yeah, like, in the end. Um, but yeah, it was like it was. Do you know it was it was enjoyable in the fact that it was it was a proper football side and proper atmosphere. Um, so yeah, like long may those away days continue. We just need to show a bit a bit more. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I just want to start at the sort of very beginning, really, at two p.m. when the lineup comes out. Yeah, and I was stood at the bar with Kaz and the old companion.
1: Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah,
0: yeah. and um, so yeah, at two p.m. we were queuing. We I got to the front of the bar, was about to order my drink. Mate, that queue was horrendous. Oh, it was you, bad.
1: you managed to like get to the yeah, front. It was yeah. bad.
0: Very patient, and then. I asked Kaz, what do you want? She was like, oh, single gin and tonic. She pulled her phone out, looked at that lineup, and then she was like, actually make it a double. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to run through it. So it ended up being a 3 3 3 1 formation that Barton went with. So we had belly and goal, back three, Hall, Connolly, Gibson. And then you had three defensive midfielders in front of that back three of <laughs> Rossiter, Whedon, and Coots. And then you had three in front of them of Finley, who was kind of playing on the wing. Evans and Collins and then Marquis up front on his own. Yeah, so and it was man. one of the weirdest yeah. things I think I've ever seen. Um, Max, yeah. just I don't know what he what he was thinking. What What do you think? Why did
2: he do that? Galaxy brain mode. Uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> what he said in the week about I'm gonna change the game of football forever. People are. <laughs> What's the quote have you got it there with you got it No, right I don't have it. He but- says, Um I'm gonna change in fact I'll find it. If you'll bear with me for just a second, it was um, it was along the lines
0: it. of I'm going to play a style of football at Rovers that English football has never seen before <laughs> yeah, or something, it was. wasn't it?
2: It was. I'm going to
1: find it um, because and it's. Well, what it's can such it be big, like? Since you said football, that, we've been good six. a long time. <laughs> and like the, the way things are with all the analysis, all the like money, all the data, oh. like, what can it possibly be I'm that's going to be very different? It, right, here I'm we am trying then.
2: to build a team this year to do things that I don't think have been done, certainly in this country country <laughs> I mean maybe no other team has shipped six against Barnsley in Portsmouth in one week before <laughs> I think it's um I, I feel like when he said that and when he said after Pompey um four four two is a is a prehistoric formation, and uh Pompey won't go far with it and come the end of the season we'll be le will be much uh further on than them um I feel like that's his exeter away. Uh, we will get promoted, no doubt, in my mind. Moment. You know, that was, <laughs> That's a cracking uh, uh, that was... impersonation there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Somebody's I, I eating like... a Joey Barrett and pizza. <laughs> oh, I did, not I? It's yeah. got, got, got a hint of scouse to it. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was the same moment, and it's either going to come in May, we're all going to be like, yes, retweet, 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 quote-tweeting stuff from um, August, September um, when he's spouting on this stuff, but it could also blow up in his face and make him look very stupid. Um, making accusations like that about a Pompey side who probably will be top six. I mean, if anything, you know, if all it is,
0: it's their team talk done for when they come to the mem. Yeah. The along, Cowley's are pinning that up in the
2: dressing room. Along aren't with they? the Lewis Thompson leg break. Uh, yeah, as which well. was, wasn't ideal. Another yeah. incident. But I won't go in too hard. I think I think Joe likes to put the attention on him so it takes it off of the players. And when all the attention's on him and all the criticism's on him, it kind of lets the pressure. Takes that pressure off the players, lets them group, regroup and go again for the next week. So I don't really mind it when he's making a bit of a clown of himself um, by saying these things that
1: garner a lot of attention. Um, and he's like but- really bloody minded, isn't he? Like with, with his mentality, it's all about positivity. And we saw that with Exeter, even mm. when the chips were down. Yeah. Full belief, whether he's actually got that or not, is this is going to be. Fine. This is gonna be more than fine. This is gonna be amazing. This is gonna be the best thing ever. And he pumps that so much into his own brain and to others. You can t- see that it is infectious. Like enthusiasm is infectious. So he's just really dogmatic mm. ab- about that, and he, he just he will car- carry on, carry on, and, and just kind of drag the team to 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 get to his mindset. Yeah. So. I mean, going back to
0: the lineup and sort yeah, of how we sorry. how yeah. we set up. Diverged a bit there. It was, um, I think, you know, he said before the game, he wants us to go to Pompey and be brave and dominate the ball, which we didn't against Barnsley. <laughs> I think that was one of his things is that he wanted us to go there and have more of the ball. And the stat show, we did have more of the ball. But I mean, Duke, like it's all well and good having the ball, but I don't know what you felt, but I was sitting in that away end and at no point did I think, especially in the first half, I didn't think we looked like we were ever going to nah. score. Like all our pacey players, as in Anderson and Saunders, were on the bench, and obviously we don't know there could be a good reason they were on the bench. They might not have been fully fit to play ninety. We don't know, but it just the lineup you put out with no width at all. Everyone was so central, yeah, and yeah, we did have the ball because we had six cent midfielders on the pitch or something. So we were obviously going to have more of the ball than a team playing with two and a four four two, but. We didn't do anything with it. Like, there was there was no runs. There yeah. was no one out wide to play the ball to. And like if you want to quiet, quiet in the crowd, like the best way to get a, an away crowd jittery is surely to create chances. Even if you're not scoring, like if you're
1: having chances, then they're like, oh god. But we just we weren't doing anything. Yeah, we we had zero potency. I mean, we we looked at our best without the ball when we were adopting the the high press. So. In possession, yeah, it, it wasn't working. It, yeah, it might still be a, a hallmark of the players not really knowing what the the system is and, and how to play effectively with it. Well, he said um, we'd only trained with it for about an hour on on the well, day that's
0: before. Good, yeah. That's yeah. good then. Let's yeah. just
2: deploy it away at Pompey, shall we? Yeah. yeah.
0: But I mean, there were times that Luca Hall was getting the ball at right centre-back... And he'd end up either having to go back to belly or pass it inside, and people were screaming at him behind me, being like, "Why don't you pass it forward?" But there was literally no one ahead of him on that yeah. whole right side because everyone was
2: so central. Yeah, like yeah. there wasn't a right winger, there wasn't a right forward, there was just nothing. I I don't know why he's changing it. Like we've just been promoted, um, playing some of the best football we've ever played. We're in a new division. Yes, we're going to tougher grounds, but he talks about being brave. I don't know why we just don't play the same system. It, it clearly, it worked comprehensively against Burton. It worked very well defensively against Oxford, who are a tough attacking side. And I don't, I think he's just trying to be too clever. Uh, it may pay off in time, I'm sure, but an hour's practice and then deploying it, I think you just stick with what what you know. And, um, you know, I know we're missing Elliot Anderson, who we had last season, who was pretty integral to the way we set up, but, it's not like we don't still have it's not like we were a one-man show we've got Collins we've got Evans we've got Harry Anderson you know even we've added with Marquis now who I think's a really good um, he just fits chemistry wise with the rest of that attacking unit and I don't know why we're, we're trying to be too clever um, like you said that the width that the four-two-three-one has and also the three in the middle should have been more than enough for Pompey who play a midfield two with Marlon Pack and um, and Tom Lowry, you know, the three versus two, we should have won that battle. And then you've still got the players out wide and then it's just Marcus up front who can who can hopefully run defenders ragged. And, and he did, he forced an error. So I, I don't know why we just didn't stick to our guns, um, try and change too much. You almost lose that momentum of what, what we had last year. And um, I'm just worried that we stray too far from that and we lose our way a bit And in trying to be a bit too clever and it backfiring. Um, I think if you've got a good thing, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I know he wants to kind of take it to another level and try and kick us on, but um, I don't know if this is the right season to do that. Maybe next year would probably be better to experiment a bit more.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, moving on, I mean, I don't really like to talk about refs and decisions and stuff because it's not the most interesting thing to do on the pod. Yeah. But unfortunately, I feel like you can't really talk about this game without talking about the two big decisions from the ref. So obviously Pompey took the lead in this, 32nd minute, free header from a corner, Collins equalised on 61 minutes. Good work from Marquist. Obviously teed it across and it was a great finish. And then, I mean, at that point at one all, I felt like we were really back in the game. Mm. And for about 5 or 10 minutes, I was thinking, we look the most threatening, the most likely to get the next goal, probably. Yeah. And then 82nd minute, uh, Piggott goes down, it's I difficult to tell on the highlights and we were at the other end of the ground so it's hard to say but it looked soft and then three minutes later Collins, right in front of me I don't know where you were stood in the yeah, away was, end was but quite nearby, yeah. it was literally right in front of me gets brought down as he's sort of breaking into the six yard box and the whole away end screams for a penalty and nothing's given so I've seen like mixed thoughts on this because I think we can all probably admit that Collins does go down easily yeah, at times, yeah. which probably works against him in situations like
1: this. But what did you think of that? Did you think we should have had a pen from what you saw? If if they get a pen, we should be be getting a pen. I I would say I'd, I'd say there's there's similarities between the the two incidents. What I would say specifically about the the Collins incident is is that he tried to buy the the penalty not insofar as he, he dived without any contact, he's he's got his leg out to invite that contact and and there was contact. So you could maybe say that smart center forward play, which in this day and age, I think it probably was. And I think it, it was probably enough to warrant a penalty. But on the flip side, I, I can see why referee doesn't give it. If, if your referee looking from behind and like the, the highlights show it quite well that he does flick his, his leg out. You kind of see that kind of unnatural movement to buy the contact. And then as as a ref, if you see that, you're thinking, nice. Nah, he's, he's tried tried to buy that even with there being contact. Mm. So I can, this sounds like fence sitting, but I, I can see why it wasn't given But I could also see why it would be given as well. Yeah, so interestingly, um, a
0: lot of Pompey fans after the game, because we were sort of walking back amongst them, you could hear them chatting about it. A lot of them were saying, I don't know how he didn't give that Stonewall penalty for them. So a lot of them thought it was... And then Cowley, I listened to his interview after the game and he said he thought neither was a penalty. So he didn't think theirs was, but he didn't think ours was either. And I think I could probably go along with that, that probably neither of them should have been given. But like you said, if they give theirs, Mm. I think he probably has to give ours. Max, have you seen it?
2: Yeah, I think you just want consistency. If a ref's bad, a ref's bad. But um, the least you want is him to be equally bad on both calls and not bad on one call and then ignore your call. It's um, very, very frustrating. But I think we've just it's just a home crowd decision on both counts. Yeah. And, um, the big boys tend to get those calls more than, more than the, the smaller clubs in this league, particularly when they're at home. And, um, yeah, it's frustrating, but on the whole, I think you can't, we can't really have too many complaints about the result. I think we didn't really deserve a point. If we came away with a point, we would have been like, we we've, we've, we've done well to get that. I think, uh, mm. considering how we played and how well they played. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to come away from that and think, right. We've, we've, one-two-drawn, two-lost, uh, sorry, one-two-lost, two-drawn-one um, and to get a point away at Pompey is good. But yeah, I, I'm not, I wasn't too angry about it. I I, I kind of, I knew we were two, it was 1-1. One, one. I looked at my phone 10 minutes later, saw it was 1-1, one, one, uh, saw the penalty shout, sorry. Um, and it, it had become 2-1 and I was like, well, I'm not entirely surprised. Um, and then, yeah, look, reading back about the ref, I mean, more people who were there than, than myself to, to make that call. But I agree, you know, if, If both are kind of equally, eh, don't know about that, the least you want is a bit of consistency, but um, refs wouldn't be refing in League One if they were consistent, eh?
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing I would say is that I thought in this game... To be fair, first half, I thought we were really poor. But second half, I thought we did improve. Like I think he changed formation about three or four times during the game. Uh, we went from back three to back four. He, he did bring on Anderson and Saunders at times. And then we had a bit more pace and width. And I thought we looked like more of a threat, but probably never quite enough to deserve to get anything. But Duke, I want to come to you about um, Lewis Gibson who started on the right of the back three in this game mm. and it was his full debut because he played a little bit at Barnsley away came on as a sub but this he started in this game obviously um what did you make of him on his on his
1: debut like, full debut he looks promising um you can tell he's not at 100% it, it may take a little while for him to to get there he looks assured on the ball um it's it's always good having a bit of balance in the back line, and, and he provides that with his left-footedness. He looks strong in the air. Um, he looks composed. Barton called him a Rolls-Royce. He could be a Rolls-Royce. He's he's not a Roll, Rolls-Royce, yeah. He, he needs a few upgrades and maybe a bit of an, an oil change. Um, but, yeah, I, I've, I, see, I see he has got that potential. We were chatting before we came on. I was, I was trying to think, what, what defender does he remind me of, and I was thinking of a bit of a, bit of a league one, John stones almost Mm. where he likes to take time on, on the ball when he always looks quite calm and composed. I know John stones can get himself into a few difficulties, but he's, he's got that kind of air of, of confidence and and assuredness to him, but he's, he's a big unit as well. I'm I'm sure he could win his fair share of headers. So I I think there's a lot of potential there, obviously in injury, Question marks around him. So let, let's see if we can get him in fit and, and up to Rolls Royce standard. But yeah, I think another signing with, with potential.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I was quite impressed with him, to be fair. I thought he's one of our better players. Uh, yeah, brought out nicely from defence. Good passing on him. And uh, yeah, he was big and physical. So but, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how he gets on, obviously, over, over the next 10 games or so, and make a better judgment on him. So let's move on to the gas's latest signing then uh made this morning um Luke McCormick is back at the gas. Max has a bit smile on his face. Um, just a few stats. So he played 39 games in League One for us in the 1920 season. Uh, no, 2021 season even, the COVID season. And he got six goals and one assist in that season. And then last season, he played 40 games in League One for AFC Wimbledon in what was a relegation season for them. And he got seven goals and eight assists. So pretty impressive numbers from a centre midfielder in what was a relegation side. Um yeah, so Max, Rovers have paid an undisclosed fee, believed to be around 200k or so for macca And he's obviously been one of our main summer targets. We've been chasing him, it has been on
2: and off and on and off. Um, so what's your thoughts on the signing? Um, obviously, uh, yeah, really happy with it, I think. Uh, Maka is um, just, he's, he's a very classy player. He's proper box to box. He's got... Um, He's got some great, great finishing. Um, good eye for a pass. His movement is probably the thing I like about him most, how he, he's so pass and move. He's never static. He's always looking for the ball. He's always looking to drag defenders. He's always looking to press. His energy is just insane. And, and the ground he covers per per 90 must be immense. And yeah, he's just, um, he's a really smart pickup. I know that people are saying, oh, I wish we got him for free, but you kind of got to see it as, um, it's like we signed him and sent him on loan for a year, pretty much, um, uh, and paid 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 Wimbledon two hundred grand to to kind of bed him into League One a bit more before we have him. So
0: three year deal as well, so it's a long term yeah. investment.
2: Yeah, and how old is he? I think he was twenty one when he signed. So what is he now? Twenty three? I think he's twenty three. Yeah. yeah, so three year deals and that you're kind of getting his some of his prime years as a central midfielder. Hopefully, he'll really start to develop into a, a top League One player. Um, And it just shows, uh, you know, it's another three-year deal. I know these can be risky, but I think all of the three-year deals we've given out have been really smart business. Evans, um, Connolly, um, Collins, and now as well, um, Macca. So, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with it. I I do question whether we needed another centre mid, but then I think about his versatility as well. And under Garner and under Tisdale and even under Barton, when he came in, he played different roles all over the pitch, kind of in, in behind the striker out wide and also as a box-to-box ball winner so he's kind of got a bit of everything um, but he's not he's not um, he's not kind of a jack-of-all-trades master of none he has got a lot of really redeemable qualities which we really need injected into this squad and more than anything it's, it's quality and depth it's it's the fact that we have got um, you want players who are good enough or more than good enough to start games and um, out of the, you know, on the bench, um, almost like we've got too many of them to fill the fill the 11. And that's what you want competition. And I think in particular, this is really going to drive on uh, Anthony Evans as well to to fight for his place because he's he's not really had much competition in that attacking midfield role. And uh, Maka can hopefully um, add a lot to the squad. I hope.
0: Yeah, I think for me, he reminds me a little bit of Finlay. In that he, yeah, he is box to box and he can do a bit of everything. Like he's very good on the ball, good passing, gets goals, gets assists, but can also do the other side. Like can get his foot stuck in, um, high energy presses. Like I really think he is pretty much a Finley light kind of thing. Maybe a little bit more attacking, but along that sort of lines. And I've seen people saying, "Oh, he's the Elliot Anderson replacement," but I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he's that sort of player. Like Elliot. Anderson mainly played on the left for us. I I don't I mean we may do who knows but I don't think we'll see McCormick play on the wing. I think he's going to be in the middle in the 3 or something like that. But I mean Duke for me definitely one of the bright sparks from the Covid uh, relegation season and I was watching his compilation earlier that Rovers put out and just forgot how
1: good some of his goals were for us. They, have you seen it? Well, what, what's amazing is is we've got the uh, football on the TV screens, and just as we eulogised him about Elliot Anderson, the camera panned on him for like a good minute or so. Yeah. We all looked at him like pride dads, weren't we? Were like, yeah, we were just yeah, looking yeah. on at him like it was. It was That's very, our boy. Very out. Sky, Sky Sports, obviously uh, tuned in live to the the pod. It's oh, yeah. Lovely seeing him again on the big screen. Yeah. Miss him. What but, a um yeah, I just thought, you know,
0: obviously I knew he was good. I remembered he was good. But just watching some of those goals back, like Max said earlier, a lot of his goals came from him playing sort of little one-twos around the edge of the box with people like Westbrook. yeah, And then he'd smash
1: it into the top corner. It was just one-twos with Westbrook in those compilations. get. Get that Westbrook signed on, yeah. as well, wherever he is. Oh yeah, we've we've got. Him. How many center mids we gonna have in this starting eleven? Well, <laughs> I, I I tell you what, McCormick is gonna be absolutely perfect for the three 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 one formation. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, maybe that's what Barton's thinking is is getting those high energy players. But I I love him. I, I think as as you've already said, he he has got so many strings to his his bow that if we if we are gonna be quite versatile. Side and, and trying to play high energy, then I think he's he's perfect. And I was I was gonna, but an earlier when we were chatting about Pompey and, and having a lot of possession and not really doing much with it, with that formation we tried to play, if we've got Coots, Whelan, Roster there, in terms of them getting away from the markers they they've got with their legs, they're unlikely to do it. But Luke McCormick, he's he's gonna be. Buzzing around, and he's going to get past most League One um, defensive minded players. So, the, the way we may try and set up, he's probably going to suit that. But yeah, I absolutely love him. Great age, still loads of potential to kick on, but he's already shown a lot in, in two League One campaigns, albeit relegation ones, which some people have had question marks over his head about that. But I, I don't buy it. It's, at, at all, he's. I think it shows how well he is, is is being that good in in relegation, poor side. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant to have him back. And mentality wise as well, people have um, thrown a bit of shade you know, at him fans are. That. But, but, very of, but of course, Wimbledon fans are going to be annoyed. And I, the the situation is that he he wanted out. He he knew he wanted to go to Rovers. He's spoke in his interview with Chat to Barton ever since he left Rovers. So it was very keen he he wanted to, to come back and then if the club are blocking that of course you're gonna be a bit a bit R C like Yeah how would like, you feel like in your job, are. yeah? If yeah. you if you
2: were told if you if you went to a place of work and they went backwards massively and and you were like, Well I need to progress my career and they were like, Well no, you have to stay
1: You're going to dig your heels in and be like, trying to push for the move. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. But no, it's it's really pleasing to to have him. I I think it's just an astute signing. It's a very
2: satisfying signing, isn't it? It feels like it's been Mm. like two years in the making, and kind of everything just aligned nicely for it to happen. And when it came off and he came in, I'm just nodding like it just makes so much sense. And we know what he's about, and I'm excited to
1: see how he does now. And yeah, just just really pleased and do you know a bit like bigger while for getting his chequebook out and, and making it happen because he could quite easily turn around and say it's it's a fee that we've got to pay and there's yeah there's players out there that we could maybe pick up on on free transfers so let's like swerve it but he's gone no, do you know what I'm I'm going to back back the manager and that savviness of looking long term as as well I'm, I I kind of I would say like his resale value in, in a couple of years will be more than two hundred thousand. So if we need to cash in then so be it. But I think I think we get some good years out of him. Do you know what? The only positive I took from the
0: Barnsley and Pompey defeats, as I was walking away from Fratton Park, I was like, if there was ever a time to lose those games like that, it was now because the window's still open. Barton still wants five or six players and what a case that is to go towards Wild and be like, Look, we can compete with these top sides, you need to yeah. open the checkbook a little bit and let me bring in the players I want and I feel like maybe if we'd gone to those games and won or got two good points you know th- that might not have happened who knows but yeah anyway the man is in so happy days um so max in terms of where do you think he sort of fits into the 11 because in my head the fact we've paid a decent fee for him kind of suggests that he'll be a starter fairly soon, maybe not immediately, like Saturday, but fairly soon. I think he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet kind of thing. But where do you think he fits with the other players
2: we've got? I think that Coots and Finlay um, have both had a few knocks, haven't they? Um, I don't think Coots is up to speed fitness-wise. I don't think... I think Finlay is, but we're just kind of protecting him a little bit. Um, But I... I think it will most likely be for one of those two. We're either going to play Coots McCormick or McCormick Finley, um, depending on the weekend, and we'll start to rest Cootsie a bit more, um, rest Sam and then bring him on as an impact player as well. So I think, I think the three of them, um, between them will probably share equal game time over the 40 games um and then Evans if he does need to come out the side for a week or two then maybe the three of them together can play with McCormick in that more advanced role so I think it's more just about rotation but everyone's still getting 30 35 games um under their belts so I think it's smart because you know it did feel last season like we were always one injury away from a crisis now I feel like even if um Finley and Coots were out you know you've got Rossiter you've got McCormick and you've got Evans and Wheelan as well. You know, you got, we've got a really packed midfield now with a lot of quality in it. Um, and my question more, more about where McCormick is going to fit is where is Rossiter going to fit now? Mm. Um, because, you know, McCormick is is almost nailed on to be um, one of the first-choice centre-mids. And, you know, the, the credit that Coots and Finlay have in the bank, it does kind of push Rossiter, who's a quality player, down to a squad player status, really. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll I'm
0: telling it. you now, I know you shot this down in the group chat, but I'm telling you now, midfield diamond, Coots at the base, Finlay and McCormick on the sides, Evans behind the front two of Collins and
2: Marquis. <sighs> we haven't got the wing-backs to pull it off. We need better. If if Gibbo if Gibbons was in was not out for for eight weeks or whatever he's out for, and we had, I'm not sure that um, oh he's the bloody left back. I've, their names are mixing me up. Gibson Gordon and Gordon Gordon's isn't the it? Left back, yeah. Gibson Gordon and Gibbons is all confusing. Yeah. Um yeah. Gordon, I, I'm not sure if he's really um, got it in him to go down that line on his own. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Four four two diamond. I've s- still got nightmares of it from last time we went down uh of which McCormick was a part of with Grant Westbrook and uh Nicholson in the hole I want to say Maybe yeah we played I that or Ostuma at Oztuma Oztuma times Os in the hole yeah. yeah Yeah maybe with better personnel we can pull it off but yeah. maybe he'll try it we'll see I'm um, not averse to it if it if it works but um I prod- I'm I'm such a big fan of the 4231 and how we played under it that I would mm. want to stick to that if we can Yeah okay fair.
0: um so Duke Barton said he wanted five more in and now we'll say that's four obviously because McCormick Mm. has arrived so of the next four that are going to come in between now and the window shutting what positions in the
1: squad would you like those four to be in or where do you think we need them well we're we're very light on the wings aren't we we need some proper width players um so they got to come in i i still would like us to get a a veteran center back in so i think with um yeah the inexperience of Paul and still question marks over Gibson with with his injury record. Obviously, we've got Alf as well, like still massive question marks over him. I think if we can get uh, a proven experience centre back at the back there just to, to shore us up a bit, he might not actually be that fancy of a player, but kind of a good 6, 7 out of 10 every every game and, and will just kind of give us that, that solidity back there. Because, yeah, we've got to remember... Beefy's as well, even though he had a crack in at half season for us, he's still like, inexperienced. He's likely to go through periods of, of dips in, in form. So I, th- I think, yeah, that that would be my my main, main areas to, to shore us up. Centre of the park, we've, we've got players in, in abundance now. And fourth sign-in, potentially like a, a tricky... Striker on on loan, maybe maybe a kind of a young, uh, wants to prove himself sort of striker from one of Barton's contacts. Just something a bit different. I think the fact we can have five subs this season as well, we've kind of, well, we haven't got kind of a a wealth of striker options, but but somebody who can be a bit different because obviously lofty he's slightly different to Marquez but they're not particularly mobile Collins is playing more on the left so I think if we can have um yeah just a, a, a tricky striker you can come on and do, just something different basically mm. I, th- I think that might be a good shout and, and and potentially somebody who might not get a contract with a Prem or championship side next season come and see if you can prove yourself
0: yeah, so we're saying like Tony Craig, mould at the back, a yep. couple of wingers yep. and a striker, maybe a from Perfect. Perfect. All right, days. get it done, Joey, if you're listening. Um, Right, let's finish with a little preview of Saturday's home game with Shrewsbury, who they've made a lot of changes over the summer. Quite a lot of ins and outs. Um, they've got, you know, made a good signing in Shay Dunkley, I think, from Sheffield Wednesday. He's a good centre-back. They've got Ryan Bowman, who scored a lot for Exeter. So they got some dangerous players some some good uh, good players for this level and they're obviously managed by our good friend stevie cottrell um first five what matches the for them <laughs> one one win two draws and two losses in their first five games so they've not made the best start uh max coming to you so how important do you think it is obviously it's not a must win because we're five games in so that would be madness but it is important i think after back-to-back defeats to to, well, to bounce back really with a home win and, and get uh you know follow up on that win against Oxford at the Mem,
2: yeah, good, all right, <laughs> <laughs> that's that sort of... yeah, um, You've you've pretty much summed it up. We need to respond um, mentally um, from those two defeats and show that it's not going to shake us too much. Um, I think what I'm most looking for is is for us to. Um, to dominate the game which you know he said he wanted to do in the last two and we just absolutely did not um we created very little over the two games and conceded a lot of chances so i want us to get back to that oxford performance where we were just solid um and then had some really good attacking attacking moments and i want to see us go back to that so i'd like to see i keep I've said it about five times on this pod go back to that 4231 um it works we know it works especially at home against weaker sides shrewsbury um yeah they're they've established at this level for a, for about as long as we were the 5 years and um yeah they they will be tough um but you know we're at home we should be beating most teams at home most not all but most teams we should should be beating at home and and uh, we should be on top uh, for most of these games so looking for a big response looking for some goals and looking for another Luke McCorker finish uh, to win us the game yeah lovely
0: stuff
1: so Duke let's have your lineup for the game run me through your 11 oh my memory's so uh so poor here um we're gonna go um and see you in goal no obviously <laughs> belly uh luca hall uh next to beefy uh gordon left back oh he's right back we haven't got Anderson? Um, Anderson. Struggling with <laughs> here. Uh, Mac is coming in um finley's in I, f- I feel like I'm at the bar, like, trying to do my toppings, like, sweating, <laughs> like, oh, God, what, what am I going to pick? Oh, fuck, no, similar Evans, to June's Evan's gonna in... Jude's got start 11 Bowler yeah. out that Tisdale was using actually, when he was in charge, he just yeah. plucking names actually, out. Actually, I, I, saw, I saw Rams starting 11, and I thought that was... That you're was basically really going to nick where it, can, aren't you, because you're struggling for your own. Should
2: I do mine, but, Well? Yeah, I'll, go on. I'll, now, while, and, while and, June, I'll,
1: I'll get Rams up, and then I'll, I'll share Rams in... Alright, have it as my own. Right.
2: Max, let's have yours. I'm gonna go with um yeah. Three belly, three three one, obviously. Four two three one. Shock. Um belly and goal. I'm gonna have um Gordon at left back, Hull at right back, and then Gibson and Connolly centre backs. Um midfield two, I'm gonna say Finley and McCormick. Ooh, um I think C- Coots has been off the pace a bit. And I know McCormick's not played this season, but I think he's still pretty sharp. He would have kept himself in good shape and he'd be chomping at the bit to play. So I play those two um, high energy, two centre mids with Evans in front, who I feel needs to step up his game a bit. Yeah, he's, he's been only, off it so far. He's only really had that Burton game where he's shone. Um, he needs to get back to showing why why he's the main man, really. And then, yeah, front three is, is just going to be Marquis, uh, Collins and Harry Anderson for me. So nice and simple. Is Duke ready with Rams lineup? Yeah,
1: so Rams lineup. He's got Belshaw and Goal, then Luca Hall, Conley, Gibson as a back three. They've got Coot sitting, Harry Anderson and Harvey Saunders on 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 the whip. Uh Then Finley, Evans, McCormick, Collins, no Marquis. Oh shit! No Marquis, Ram. Rambo, don't rate Ram out. The Marquis. Yeah, line. yeah. I'm not sure about Collins being ten. Yeah. Grab mm. that. All right. Well, yeah, bin that off. <laughs> um,
0: I think I might, I, I think I'd probably go for what you said, Max, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cootsie definitely hasn't been on it. Evans hasn't either, but I feel like you, he needs to He's play himself into form. He's a
2: something out of nothing player as well. You, you get can a free have a kick bad game score.
0: and score a world out of nothing, yeah. so you got to play him, really. Yeah, I'd go for yours, I think.
2: Macker and Finley. Yeah. The new dynamic duo yeah Although yeah Coots is still gonna be massive player this of season. course yeah yeah yeah. Um, I, I think you, you we paid a fair bit of money for Macker if he's sharp stick him in I see yeah. what he does you can't start Paul wheeling again either because he retired in the
0: summer and then Joey's brought him back in and is starting him and broken bronze. someone's <laughs> Pompey and he's yeah
1: <laughs> crunched <laughs> someone yeah I, I suppose with Macker and Finley, the, the one question mark I know we're playing Shrewsbury who we should hopefully dominate possession against is not having like a recognised sitter. I mean, they've both got legs and potentially they could both go and and leave a bit of a hole. Mm. Yeah, that would be my one worry about that you feeling it could be a
0: bit of a Gerrard and Lampard situation where they can't play it's, together because they just, they just, they just to want to do the same together. thing you know yeah that was the uh, downfall of Sven Goran Eriksson for England one of those two
2: um, all right just sorry to interrupt I've just Go seen on. John Nolan absolutely crunch Elliot Anderson on the telly <laughs> John Nolan <laughs> he's just crunched Elliot Anderson yeah has yeah he? yeah <laughs> phenomenal oh. stuff
0: He's like, that's for keeping me out of the side all last season. Well, yeah, I mean, barely. He wasn't fit, was he? But anyway, um, so score predictions for Saturday.
1: So we'll come to you first, Duke. 1-0. I, I, I think, as, as Max said, I can see another kind of Oxford-esque mm. performance and in, in chipping six goals in the last few games. I think keeping it tight is, is going to be key. And then we should have too much for Shrewsbury and we're we'll nick a goal. Max? I'm going to go... 2 nil Rovers um,
2: I pretty much agree with Duke but I just think we'll probably create a little bit more um, probably go 1-0 up defend on it and then score a second quite late to ease the tension um, I think defensively at home we've been pretty solid other than that Forest Green um, game well the only other game we played was the Oxford game but <laughs> we've, we've been solid in that and I think against Burton we were pretty solid at the back so against uh, sides in and around us um, we've looked solid enough. Um and yeah, I'm expecting us to hopefully keep another clean sheet and um create a lot of chances and hopefully score some goals and uh, yeah,
1: sport your pizza by five PM. Yes. Ollie's bar pre match as well. Of course, of course. Is that a new addition? Uh, the great yeah, man. a new new addition. They're running a competition as well, the club. If you tweet your favourite Ollie quote, the winner gets the first pint poured by the man himself. What would yours be? Favourite Ollie quote, have you got one? I, 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 I quite like the um, analogy about picking up a, a girl. Might not be the most attractive girl, but like you wake up. I will just have a coffee. See you later. That that one. I quite like that. What's yours, Max?
2: Mine is when he uh, said a couple of seasons ago, um... "My hamster's cock's massive." <laughs> no, no, it's it's when he said, um, um, "I I would." Don't think many fans would want me as Rovers manager. The job is a bit of a poison chalice. Who would want to go in there at the minute with those owners? Or something along those lines <laughs> in the past couple of years. Oh, wow. And then we went on to uh, get promoted, so.
1: I, I liked him on the Open Top Bus Parade um, when we had 1990 champions, that, that infamous promotion. And he was shouting through a megaphone, I ever want everyone to play a game. Find a shithead. Find a shithead. Big fan. Is that a true story? True story. Yeah, there's a video of it on on YouTube. Didn't he? Uh, didn't he get scared when some of the city fans ran on the pitch and said, "I feared for my life"? <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's another good quote. <laughs> and I think there's a YouTube clip of like somebody prank calling him as well. Great. I do have a good Ollie quote,
2: which is the um, <laughs> Premier League football is like. Uh, having sexual relations with a mermaid, you got to aim for a top-half finish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't that one? I don't heard that that's one. What, that's a that is a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to have to set this as an 18-plus
1: episode now, I think, on, uh, on Buzzsprout. Bloody <laughs> hell, Max. I'm going to have to go to a stress clinic cast. I do i was I do love a good inside joke that no one <laughs> else will understand on the pod.
0: Um, all right, well, let's wrap it up there before before this gets out of hand. So yeah, thank you to everyone for listening and uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And there is an interview of 20 men happening soon which will be out shortly, so keep your ears peeled. Yeah, we could go with that. Yeah, peel your ears yeah. back for that one. That'll be out soon. <laughs> and uh until next time, take care everyone and up the bloody gas. Up, up the bloody gas.